You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, and it's the first Monday of the new year. Well, my new year anyway, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. And David, you're just back from an extended trip to uh, Australia to see your family, and I've just been watching <laughs> nothing but uh, two things over the last few days. And in fact, the last few weeks when it comes to Australia, but anyway, the last few days in particular, yeah, yeah. the fires in Australia, mm-hmm. and not just in where yeah. you were in the Sydney area in the southeast, but everywhere you see a NASA map yeah. of the fires, and it's quite extraordinary. This is a country, even a continent, that's burning. You know, it was pretty bad when we were there, but it seems to have escalated. Um, the first day that we were there, I could actually taste it. You know, you wake up, and my son is renting a very beautiful flat that overlooks the harbour, yes. uh, Rose Bay, uh, sorry, Double Bay, uh, Rushcutters Bay, all these things. And you, so you've got quite a panoramic view. Um, not that he's a wealthy person, he's a journalist, but what's happened is I think people have overextended themselves. So rentals, you could get some pretty attractive rentals, and his is a particularly good one. And why I say that is we had this whole panoramic view of the Sydney Harbour, of the, uh, you know, the Sydney Bay. And um, I think you, you got this haze, this absolute yellow haze, you know, where the sun couldn't penetrate. And at sunset, you would get this orange ball. You know, just going down, it uh, it made very good sighting, but you could actually taste the cinders in the air, and um, you know, you, when you went when you went outside, you could it would burn your throat. You would get this horsey type uh, taste, yes. uh, or your throat would go a bit horsey in that. So, um, as days went by, we were lucky to have winds which blew it away, but um, it seems to have escalated now, and uh, you know, getting worse. So, it's really tragic, and I think. The, the destruction, you know, the, the actual vegetation destruction and also the number of animals that have been lost. 500 Listen, million, well as, apparently. Mm, 500 yeah. million is the estimation yeah. of the number of marsupials, koalas, mm. kangaroos, etc. that mm. have died because of this, which is, yeah. I'd say it's pretty devastating. It, uh, very devastating. No one's got to the cause. You know, no one's... Uh, is it global warming? Do these things occur every few centuries? There were so many arguments about the whole issue. The one issue that was raging while we were there was uh, what they call backburning, which uh, the yes. indigenous people, uh, meaning the aborigines, used to do. I'm not quite sure how they used to do it, but obviously we do it in South Africa sometimes where they actually burn uh, you know, where they burn fields and you know, it sprouts up again. I don't know if it's a tradition, it's a custom, whether it's good or not, no one's ever uh, known. But, I mean, what it does do is it does prevent felt fires. If you burn a track of land, uh, obviously, and uh, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the area catches blaze, it doesn't spread. Right. So um, I, there, there was a lot of arguments. And, I mean, the one thing about the Aussies is that they're not shy in using foul language to describe their sentiments. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and, on, and on television and, and in podcasts and uh, various kind of other videos, uh, they express their views at the government or at the Greenies and, and some of the environmentalists for not allowing this to happen. So well, I tell a you lot what, of debate raging. 
Yeah, I, I do think backburning is absolutely absolutely right, but it, it has been mismanaged. I mean, the the, the fires were started mm. by lightning strikes, and because of obviously a, a drought that has been in place in some parts of yep. Australia for decades. Um, but anyway, uh, there is a tinderbox waiting to happen, mm. and and it did happen. But I saw one firefighter on the BBC this morning poking his head out the window when he saw a camera, and he was using quite strong profanities towards more. Is the, what's the um, uh, prime minister's name? Ma'am. Morrison. Morrison, yeah. Scott Morrison, yeah. They, he's not going to last. He's going to have to fall on no. his sword. They hate him now. Uh, well, and how? Because he went off to Hawaii yes. on a holiday. And I think uh, he wasn't the only member, I, I wouldn't say member of parliament, but certainly member of provincial parliaments or whatever they call that went. Uh, so the fact that he actually went on holiday at a time like this, I think, has not been well accepted by the, um, by the Aussies. No. Um, I think the only thing that keeps him in power is that they hate the opposition more. I think this is a Jeremy Corbyn type situation. I do. You know, yeah. he got in, I think, simply because people could detest it. You know, the, you remember his vote, uh, his landslide victory was completely unexpected. And one of the reasons was that they just detested the, uh, L- the Labour Party. No, he's a liberal, yeah. Yes. So. Anyway, it was interesting. Nice to be there. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> nice to look at Australia. <laughs> yeah, just on that on that note, I, I sent you a message actually um, a couple of days ago where I saw 48.9 degrees yes. being recorded mm. in a suburb to the mm. west of, of Sydney, which I, that is unbelievable. What did you get in, yeah. in the 30s where you were? We were in the 30s. I remember I was on the top of um, Bondi Junction, Westfields mm. Building. We went up, uh, we were parking on the roof. And I came out from the very, uh, you know, just uh, Christmas shopping or shopping around that period, came up to the roof, and it was like literally stepping into a frying pan. It was boiling. Mm. Um, look, there's certain areas where you get a breeze and uh, it blows it away and you feel cooler. But, I mean, uh, in some places it was just I've never felt heat like this. Desert, you know that desert-type heat yes. uh, with no relief at all. So 48, I mean, I, and, and the thing, also, Lindsay, you know, with, with, with a lot of these, uh, with this fog, you can't open your windows. Right. You dare not open your windows because, uh, you know, the, the smell comes in and kind of sticks to you. So people have their windows closed and I, I ran. I never, it never stopped me running at all. The one, the only, I only felt uncomfortable on one day. And I think, uh, for most of the period, everybody was out there not really feeling it. David, talking of politicians as we were with Mr. Morrison, um, the, the soon-to-be ex-Prime Minister of Australia, Boris Johnson called, uh, was called back, or he called himself back to the UK from his Caribbean holiday, which he, he well deserved. He really has worked hard, whether you like him or loathe him. The fact is he has done, um, in many people's eyes, a good job, and he's worked hard, so he deserved a Caribbean holiday, but he was brought back because the Navy is now, uh, the Royal Navy, that is, is now uh, being called in to escort British-flagged, oil tankers through yeah. the Straits of Hormuz, mm. and that brings us to what has happened in the last mm. uh, three days with the assassination of Soleimani, the, uh, the Iranian general. Quite an astonishing, astonishing event, and it's really caused some ripples throughout the world. And how? And, and, and you've seen the, uh, the effects on gold and platinum and other metals, and also markets. Markets? Look, Lindsay, markets were looking for an excuse to sell off. I'm not brushing this aside. And uh, I'm not being complacent uh, about the whole issue. But I think markets were looking for some reason to take profits. We'd run so far ahead on very little uh, 
uh, fundamental news. Um, so I think the fact that markets are reacting, that was expected. But what we don't know is where this is leading and what what action uh, the Iranians will take. I know that Trump, um, again, you know, we don't understand Trump. We don't know on what grounds he took this decision and uh, whether he had the support of his entire cabinet, whether they knew um, and, and who made this decision and what the consequences are going to be. But I think there will be consequences, and I don't think um, you know a lot. Of, a lot of the uh, political, not parties, but political commentators or those groups that that comment on politics have not been at all supportive of the action that he's taking, considering the consequences that can arise from this. We do, this is you know this is lighting a match or this is lighting a tinderbox uh, in a very very volatile area. So you can see even the Iraqis have now responded to. Uh, you know, to, to Trump wanting to kick out the American troops. So it's, it's anybody's guess where this uh, escalates. Yeah, by all accounts, this general wasn't exactly the, the sort of person you'd want to babysit your children. He was no. a, a fairly, a fairly unpleasant. He looks like Mourinho. I thought it was yeah. Mourinho at first, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I think what worries me more is that um, the obviously Mr. Trump is kept in touch by the intelligence agencies and said, look, this chap is flying from Damascus to Baghdad. He's going to be an easy target. He's let his guard down because he's been left alone. Actually, he's been left alone since 2007 when the UK government pulled out of an SAS attack on him. So he's obviously been in the in the crossfires for quite a long time. But I think the point is he's he's been kept in touch by the CIA and whoever else it is, the Secret Service agents in those, in those countries. But he, as soon as he knew that, he probably just said, okay, go and do it. You never know what mood he's in. And that worries me when it comes to the fact yeah. that he's got yeah. the red button on his desk mm-hmm. and he could do mm-hmm. anything. He can say, okay, nuke somebody. I just find he's a little bit erratic and it, it, it disturbs well, me yeah. somewhat. I, I think his history points that way and that's why we're so worried. You know, if it was a rational kind of president whom you trusted or decisions you know, over the last couple of years and you were able to read. But in this case, you don't know what, uh, what triggered this reaction. Uh, we're watching carefully. I, uh, so far, nothing has happened. The oil price is running. But uh, remember, if, uh, if, there is, if there is more trouble, the Saudis can always start to pump out. But I think, you know, the, the Straits of Hamas, Hamuz, what's it, that, yes. that area, I think, becomes very, very volatile. And that's where... Uh, one's got to watch for further action. Will they take action against uh, American military? There was one commentator who said he has no doubt that Americans we will, you know, that America will lose soldiers as a result of this. Now Trump yes. says he's got 52 other sites that he's going to bomb. Uh, should there be any trouble? And he's the kind of person who can set off these kind of issues. So I, I, I think that's what's worrying market is we don't know. Um, you know, we don't know what kind of uh, mood Trump is in and what he will do. Um, I don't think he's got the – he hasn't got the experience of, of, of other politicians who have been in these situations before. And I think that's a troubling issue. If you were he's a businessman. Go- he's a property dealer. Well, he's a failed property <laughs> dealer and a failed <laughs> businessman. Okay. But anyway, if, you were, if this was the 1980s and you were on Diagonal Street and this had come across the wires, obviously you wouldn't have had the internet then and cell phones and other yeah. uh, fast, immediate communication systems. Uh, but if this had come across the wires, you would have said, that's it, sell. The JSE would have probably been mm. down 3 4%. Yeah. The S&P, yeah. the Dow would yeah. have been down 5%. 
Uh, yeah. But today, I mean, this morning the S&P was down nine, and I was talking to Nick Kunza from Sandland Private Wealth earlier yeah. on, and I said, how can it only be down nine points? Surely it's the sale of the century. Mm. It went down 25 at one point straight after mm. that, funnily enough, one of the few good calls I've made. But now it's only down 17 or 18, and the Dow's going to be down yeah. 120, 130 mm. on the opening. It, it seems that the market is immune to these geopolitical uh, eruptions. I, I, yeah, it does seem that way. And uh, maybe the market says this is not, nothing's going to result out of this. This is a lot of noise. I think gold's going up. Uh, you must also remember that you know, interest rates are heading down or heading nowhere. Um, besides the U.S., um, interest rates are negative in Europe. So it's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't cost you anything to have a punt on gold or platinum or any of the other precious metals. Mm. And that's one of the reasons that uh, one tends to switch um, you know, out of uh, or into gold, out of some safe haven assets. So, <laughs> just, just ride it through. But I must, I must admit, I thought that there would be uh, in a situation like this, as you said back in the eighties, a much more uh, violent response or a violent reaction. We're down here. You know, the JSC is down mm. about one and a quarter percent. It's very, very quiet. Very little happening. Yes. Um, and most other markets are down, but I don't think there's a there's a reaction which tends to think, you know, which tends to point to uh, a lot more selling taking place. I'm just trying to pick up where we've come from. And, uh, I mean, if you look at the S and P, uh, really, Lindsay, I mean, it, it, it's it's an astonishing chart. Um, it's it's. Uh, I mean, if we look at where we were last year, and even now, this doesn't even doesn't even register a blip um, on, on, on the performance of the S and P over the last year. So this ain't no December last year where we dropped twenty percent. You know, it doesn't look like it's it's heading in that direction either. The S and P dropped uh, about nine and a half percent in December of last year. Or was mm. it the year before? Mm. I can't remember. I think last no, no, year. No, no, eighteen. Sorry, yeah. eighteen. Yeah, when you say eighteen. Two, yeah, two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, yeah mm. and uh, and then it bounced straight back again. And there mm. were a couple of wobbles in two thousand and eighteen. Two thousand and nineteen has been plain sailing. And if you go back even further, of course, you go back to March two thousand and nine. And yeah. it was 666. And what is it now? 3,200 or something? Let me have a look at my... 3,234. Yeah. Three, call it three... I don't know if we're going to lose 320. Yeah, let's call it 3220 oh. at the moment oh. with the S&P futures down 0.6% uh, currently. So maybe it's the start of something, but it's just... It's it's mm. it's it's no. got this rem- relentless no momentum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no selling pressure at all. And uh, I... I I don't know how to describe it. I, you know, it, it, it's very difficult to. Um, I think what what the majority of people are saying. Look, most of our companies are very strong. The US is strong. Consumers are still spending. Mm. Most consumers don't even can't even find Iran on a uh, on a map. You mm. know, they wouldn't find. They wouldn't be able to point out where this is all happening. Most Americans know very little about it. They're going ahead, uh, spending their way. You know, spending their way through uh, through the holiday season. Um, so, you know, I don't know whether it's affected people in Japan or China or anything like that. So, um, at the end, um, it'll probably it'll be taken out by traders, a few points here and there. But then we'll we'll start getting the results coming through. When when do the results start coming through? Within the next week or two, yeah. and I think the focus will shift to fourth quarter, um, you know, corporate results, corporate numbers.
Yeah, we'll start getting some trading updates from the retailers after the Christmas period, which mm. is all important, of course. And I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't imagine they're that good unless people were uh, saving up for the Christmas period after Black Friday and Cyber yeah. Monday and all those other absurd days that people are inventing. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say there's much to get excited about on the South African market. And looking at the South no. African market, as you say, down one and a quarter percent at the moment. Uh, have, have you changed your view at all? It's, no. of, it's often nice to go away and sit down and think about things and not have to phone up clients and give presentations so you've had a chance to sort of marshal yeah. your troops are your troops saying anything different no we you know we we're staying with where we are i i haven't seen any change in the direction that we took last year that's going to alter our you know our mood this year i i don't see i still see south africa in, in enor- under enormous pressure i mean the fact yesterday that we got load shedding i mean on the way what what are we oh, today we're not even the yeah we're oh. the fifth yeah, 5th of January. Today is the 6th of January. Over the weekend, uh, you get load shedding again. Uh, it just points to a country that's still got a lot of problems and a lot of issues to sort out, uh, especially over the season. It was promised that we'd have no issues until the 30th. That's what I saw. Yes, it's yes. suspended today. Yeah. It's suspended today, but you don't understand why it was suspended, whether government are taking some kind of action, you know, bringing in diesel and getting these temporary... Uh, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, diesel. What do you? You know, transformers uh, yes. to get power going. Um, who knows? I, I don't know what the story is, but South Africa's got big issues, and I can't invest in a company in a country where we've got so much to sort out. You know, when you've got so many other options. As I've always said, no one's giving me loyalty points for for taking a stand here, and there's nothing that stands out. You know, there's nothing that stands out. We've had, we've had shares like Sassel turn around mainly because they're starting to get their shopping order. Um, platinum and palladium are astonishing. You know, the palladium price now over 2000 platinum price up. But remember, the rand goes the other way as well, which does take a little bit of an edge of some of those, uh, of some of those gains. Nevertheless, I think, um, they still remain a very, very strong and positive story. It hasn't come through in the diversified miners though. But, I mean, this platinum story, who knows where this goes and when it stops. But um, it's enjoying a kind of run that, you know, that, that you do get from time to time. Does it influence me to get in? No, it's, it's, it's too difficult to read. Okay, the one. Uh, sh- I mean, I obviously, know. obviously, the gold shares have done well. I mean, you're not a yeah. big, big fan of gold shares, no. but uh, on the other hand, I do think the break of fifteen fifty. I mean, I know you look at your your graphs no. occasionally, and gold shares have have. Yeah, sorry, gold shares have benefited from that break above 1550. And I've been quite vocal about that. As soon as it went through there, it would run and it's gone into the 1570s. Yeah. May pull back a bit. But the one that's on the downside, which is slightly disturbing, is, is Telcom. It was 68 Rand on the uh, occasion of its mm. results, which were out uh, not that many weeks ago. And suddenly, here we are, 32 Rand a share. Quite extraordinary. It, it, it is extraordinary. I, I, you know, again, we it's we're in very low volume territory now, so I'm not quite sure what's driving it down. But this is a company that I think was double the price, or uh, even even much greater than that. Um, I think it I think it just points towards difficulties uh, in that area. You know, Lindsay, I must tell you something. Yes. <laughs> I tell, I, my, this phone that I'm talking on now, my contract came to an end. And I'm in a contract where they give you a new phone every two years. You know, that's the right, deal. Right. So I take advantage of it and uh, I use this other phone for, for when I travel. So I go into uh, Cellular City here, a nice shop here, 
And I find that the contract that I've negotiated is significantly lower than the one I had before. Okay. So, so I keep asking him, are you sure this is okay? You know, are you sure my phone's going to be as good as the one that I've got? Are you sure that I'm going to get as much data as I've got? In fact, I'm getting more data and I'm getting a much better phone for a much lower value. Okay. So what does that tell you? You know, yeah. the pressure's on. It you is. know, the pressure's on margin. And that's, I'm getting, I, you know, I, and, and I'm not one of these people who to really understands what I'm buying because they start telling me things in kgs and mgs and you know I just say listen if I if I want to watch a video can I watch it you know if I want to watch a soccer video can I watch it without really uh, paying too much for it or is it it's not going to eat up my data I'm not going to get messages that I've run out of data so uh, but but I'm astonished how 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 much lower the contract that I signed is from the one that I did last year. Well, there's two ways so of looking at this, David. Sorry, mm. the two ways of looking at this. Either you've been ripped off in the past or <laughs> yes. there is competition. I think it's probably a little bit of both because obviously exactly. the, the, the government inquiry <laughs> recently tells us we have been taken to the cleaners for the last few years. Right. But that means that the profits that these companies made are going to be under pressure. That's the mm. point I make. Whether I, I have no doubt. When I was in Australia for $30, I could... I, I got a package that lasted me forever. You know, they laughed at me when they said I'm going to run out of data because so used to getting mm -hmm. the kind of deals that I had here. And it cost me nothing. You know, so I think we have been ripped off. We've been paying far too much for the service we get. So I think that's, that's pointing to, uh, to the issues that telecom face in trying to gain market share. They can gain market share, but it's going to be at a, at a price. Uh, that's why cell C has fallen on such hard times and is finding it difficult to, you know, MTN for other reasons for their exposure to Iran. But I mean, I, I think for, for companies, it's going to be a lot harder. They have to come up with innovative services. In Australia, Opus had the Premier League, you know, which is a, a cell phone provider. And unless you subscribe to Opus, unless you buy the package, you cannot watch soccer. Mm. In any case, you cannot watch it because they, they, they publish it. At, I mean, they show it at such ridiculous times, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> did, did you, uh, speaking of football, as we know, because, okay, let me just set the record straight here. You, there's no change in the David Shapiro assessment securities uh, stance towards South African stocks in 2020, mm -hmm. which is, isn't in, in the start of the new mm -hmm. decade, by the way. Uh, the new decade starts in 2021, but that's a side issue. Oh, no, I know. But that, <laughs> don't, don't spoil the story. I won't spoil the story. But anyway, you didn't get up to watch Arsenal play at 3 o'clock in the morning. You, it's, not, it's not worth it. Even if they were doing well, you wouldn't have done Oh, never, never. I used to wake up in the middle of the night, quickly check my phone, and say, "Oh, oh," you know, and then not go back to sleep and curse. And and uh, it was a horrible time for us. Anyway, and now suddenly the new Messiah has come. Oh, uh, suddenly, Arteta is a new Messiah. You know, everybody. And I said, "Oh my God, they're playing Leeds tonight, and Leeds." Is a voodoo. It's 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 a voodoo team. They're a rough uh, team if ever as well. you've watched, uh, if ever you've watched Arsenal uh, Leeds, uh, the odds are always on Leeds. Sheffield United Leeds. Those two voodoo teams. 
So um, we'll see. Well, Leeds, Leeds fans are quite naughty, and also the Leeds United football team will be spurred on by them. And they're 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 quite rough, as I said earlier on. They're mm. they're they're quite tough. So Arsenal's feathers could be ruffled tonight. And what will Arsenal do? Will they play their best team, or will they do what Liverpool nah. did against nah. Everton? They'll play their second team. What do nah. you think? I I think they've got to give people a rest. Uh, they'll play the second team, half half. They've got quite a few injuries, but uh, I don't think they're going to come out with their top team, you know, with uh, and risk injury or uh, they're just getting it right. So I think they'll give some other players a bit of a, a chance. But with Liverpool, I think if if Klopp played his women's team, he'd still beat Everton. <laughs> <laughs> the goal that nothing's that going wrong for him. The... Nothing's going wrong for him. I mean, it's like it's quite incredible. Did you see the goal that that eighteen-year-old scored uh, last night uh, against Everton? Um, it, it's very reminiscent of the goal that Wayne Rooney scored for Everton when he was seventeen years old. <laughs> he played old. Arsenal exactly. He the play, same. He, that was against Arsenal. No? Exactly. He hit that winner. Yo. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, David. Welcome back yeah. to South Africa. Welcome back to reality. Okay. Uh, we'll speak again next week. That's David Shapiro from Sasserin Securities, Deputy Chairman. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.